Friday, July 14th, 2023, and welcome to part two of my conversation with Dr. Stephen Wolfram, part of our Summer of AI series here at NSI entitled Breaking Barriers, Understand the AI Revolution. I'm Jamil Jaffer, NSI's founder and executive director, and today I'm back with Dr. Stephen Wolfram to dive deeper into AI policy. We're so fortunate to hear from him today because earlier this week, we covered the origins of AI, we covered the functions and uses of AI, large language models, and some concerns for the future. If you haven't heard the first part of my podcast, please go back to the July 12th Wednesday episode and make sure to give that a listen. So, Dr. Wolfram, as we were talking about earlier, you know, uh, you mentioned that there isn't sort of a fundamental difference between uh, the electrical impulses that an AI is using to uh, assess what words should come next and what the human brain uh, does. And, and there are some details, obviously, some important details there. Uh, but that does raise the question, right, for the average person um, of, well, if, if what the AI is doing is human-like and we gave it the ability to make decisions for us and to take action – could we end up in, you know, one of these Skynet scenarios where the machines uh, are running the world and we're only uh, doing what they tell us to do? Is that is that a real threat and a real fear? We've seen a lot of, you know, sort of uh, people talking about, you know, uh, civilizational ending potentiality of, of, of AI and all this. Is, is that a real threat that we should be worried about today? If so, what does that threat look like? If not, why, sh- why should we be less concerned about uh, some of these, uh, these, these, these large uh, issues that people have raised? Well, I mean, so one of the points is the AI tries to figure out what to do. The question is, what do we connect it to? Do we mm. connect it to, you know, an autonomous weapon? Do we connect it to, you know, a central bank setting interest rates? You know, what do we, what is the actuation layer? What, what is it, mm. uh, you know, what, what is the thing we connect it to? Now, now one thing you can do is say, okay, the AI can think, you know, it has freedom of thought. It can think whatever it wants to think. But when it comes to actually driving the car off the road, don't let it do that. You know, constrain it at the actuation layer. Even that turns out to be kind of tricky because some part of what AIs do is interact with humans. And if the AI can figure out, oh, you know, I can just get the humans to go do this. I can get the humans, you know, by, by telling them these incendiary things, I can get the humans to do all kinds of crazy stuff. So the humans right. become an actuation layer. So that's, that's kind of complicated. And I think that... Uh, this question of sort of, uh, you know, having having some concept of what you want the AIs to do, yes, that will be important. Now, now, will people sort of still have their own free will about what to do? Uh, depends what you set up. I mean, it, you know, if the if the if the AI is flying the plane and you're sitting in the back of the plane, then the AI is flying the plane, and you don't have much uh, much choice about it. But I do think that there are other situations where you have a thing where you know, the, the GPS is telling you where to drive your car and you just follow the GPS. Or you have this little, you know, head up display where it's saying, I think the next thing you should say is this. And many people right. will say, well, I might as well just do that. That's the AI knows, you know, knows my history. It's, uh, you know, it, it's kind of like the, the auto suggest becomes kind of the AI being in control. But I, I think, you know, there's, there's then sort of questions about, well, how do you, if, if you're sort of, letting AIs run a bunch of things, how do you define what the AIs should do? And it, it sort of becomes a thing, it's a bit like human laws for humans, so to speak. What do you, you know, what are the constraints that you try to put in? What are the kinds of things that right. you sort of lead the AI towards and so on? And, and those, are, those are things which people have to figure out. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's not really a, a huge choice, so to speak. And, and how those will get figured out in practice, you know, in the actual way the world is set up is not clear. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, 
I think one thing, it's an interesting thought experiment. Uh, it doesn't work, I think, but it's an interesting thought experiment. Is you know, mm -hmm. where there are prompts that you give for large language models that tell them, you know, I want you to act in this way or that way. Imagine right. that we're going to, you know, democracy 2.0. We've had, you know, current democracy was sort of made possible by, you know, widespread literacy, communication, things like this. We've now got, you know, the AI phase, so to speak. What do we do? Well, you know, we can imagine sort of the promptocracy where you say to, you know, 100 million people, write a prompt about how you want the world to be. Feed them all into an AI. Then every, you know, every decision that has to get made, you ask the AI, what should we do? Okay, does that, you know, what happens in that case? In a sense, what, what's happening is, you know, the AI is kind of taking some sort of undefined, we don't quite understand how it works, average of those prompts. It still has the same issues that, you know, political philosophy has had Humans, forever and right. ever of, um, you know, what do I do? Do I make 90% of the people happy and 10% very unhappy? Of course, you can look at the prompts and you can say, well, what do those people think they should, uh, you know, should happen? You can kind of recurse on the thing. But you also have the same kinds of issues of, of okay, then you'll have the sort of the, the big thing, put this in your prompt type thing, you know, right. you know, not vote for this, but put this in your prompt. But, but I do think that there's, there's some, but it's, it's sort of an interesting, uh, you know, some version of this will probably happen. I mean, some version of, of uh, uh, what, we, what we're increasingly seeing is things like, I don't know, the terms of service for websites. An mm. LLM, an AI, is going to say that prompt that you gave to produce this image of this weird thing, that according to the, the AI, that doesn't you know, match these terms of service. So, so you know, lots and lots of things like this will happen. But I, I do think one of the things that, that I've sort of wondered about, and I, I don't think I have an adequate answer to it, is let's say you're going to make sort of a, a set of general principles about what AIs should do. Like, for example, principles could be things like every AI has to have an owner. Not obvious mm. that's correct. You know, AIs should always do what their owners tell them to do. AIs should do, you know, all, all kinds of different things. Um, AIs should, uh, a lot of different principles. Right. Those principles, you might have a few hundred of them, you know, those principles will not in the end be compatible with each other. So you can't pick all of them. Mm. You can't just send and take them all. And, you know, and different organizations, countries, whatever else will pick, you know, that what will match their current culture will be different. As they do today. Yes. Yes, for, yeah. for, for, well, I mean, for laws, I mean, or constitutions right. for countries, they're, they're different. And it, it's, um, it is a little bit, you know, uh, it's been surprisingly difficult to come up with kind of what are the, the types of principles that you should, you should mm. try and instill in the AIs, so to speak. And it, it is, uh, uh, it's kind of a, it's a little disappointing, you know, reading through the, the constitutions of countries and things like that. They're very mechanical in many cases. Mm. They're not very, they don't really address these kinds of issues. And it, it's, um, uh, but, but I think, you know, for the AIs, they kind of need to know because, you know, it's going to make a decision in a millisecond about what to do. It can't just, you know, ask a person, ask a committee of people. That's got to be done and then sort of that fed to the AIs, so to speak. So I think yeah. that's a... So, so one last question for you, uh, Professor, Dr. Wolfram. So um, as we think about, you know, what governments um, uh, might do in this space, there's a lot of talk about... Should governments regulate AI today, put some constraints around it, prevent export or prevent domestic use? 
should there be a license to develop AI or 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 to use it? Um, how should governments, uh, as a general matter, and I, I'm talking primarily now about uh, the U.S. and its allies, how should how should you know sort of democratic governments think about uh, AI and, and and whether to regulate or how to regulate it or principles or the like? Is there is there a framework that you've got in your mind? Well, I think you know things sort of scientific type things like nuclear weapons, biological kinds of things. Uh, their supply chains are much more complicated than AI. That is, you know, AI, everybody's going to be able to do it in their garage. It's mm -hmm. not one of these things where you can say, you know, uh, you know, regulate the supply of this or that thing. I think it's not, and you know, the idea of people going around and sort of testing your computer to see if it's an AI, it's not going to, that's just silly. It's, it's not, right. not going to work. Um, I think that there are, you know, very specific actuation issues of, you know, you can't use an AI to do X, Y, and Z. Uh, you know, maybe that's a thing. Um, but I, as I say, there is this big trade-off, which is let's imagine that, I don't know, extreme case. Let's imagine you've got self-driving cars and uh, you want to increase the amount of traffic that can flow through a city. Well, the self-driving cars would be sort of perfectly capable of figuring out, you know, they don't have to drive on the left or right-hand side of the road. They can, you know, negotiate every time two cars meet. They can figure out how to pass each other, all those kinds of things, very elaborate stuff. But yeah. that requires all kinds of computation. And, it, you know, is it the case that you can say from scratch, oh, we know exactly how this is going to work. Nothing could ever go wrong. The answer will be, if we want that kind of optimization, we will not be able to say, we know exactly sort of everything about what's going to happen. I mean, it's, it's a, and by the way, I mean, it's not like this is a new thing. It's like, the, you yeah. know, this is something that happens with human laws and so on. You, you specify a law and then the actuality happens and it's not necessarily what you thought. And I, and I think right. one of the things that, that people perhaps, you know, one, one must expect for really scientific reasons, actually, that there won't be a set of principles that will just sort of, we lock them down in 2024. We say, this is, this is how the AIs are going to work forevermore. Like human laws, there will always be sort of unexpected circumstances that arise, and we'll have to decide what do we want to do. And uh, you know, it's, it's a um, you know, I I do think that the uh, this this question of do I have an immediate answer to you know what governments should do about this? Uh, no, I don't. Do I have? I mean, there are certain things that are clearly not a good idea, um, and uh, you know, um, any of these things that say sort of uh, take AI and, you know, regulate it like nuclear weapons or something. It's just not going to work. It's, it's a, right. uh, you know, we were, we were in a sense lucky with nuclear weapons that they really have a very complicated supply chain. Yeah. So I don't have an answer to this. I, I think it's a, but I think it's a super important problem. And I think that the actual sort of the collection of stakeholders involved in, in thinking about this is, is thinner than one might hope. And it, it's really, you know, I was, I have, to do a piece of testimony for the Senate in 2019 about, about kind of uh, uh, social media and search and sort of selecting content on, um, uh, in, these, in these kinds of media. And I was sort of surprised when I realized that, that you know, I, I came up with a, a definite concrete proposal that actually may eventually mm -hmm. get implemented. Um, and uh, uh, I was sort of surprised as I looked around. It's like, surely somebody's thought about this. And the answer was, no, they hadn't really. And, and I think that there are similar kinds of things about sort of, uh, well, the, 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 even, even that is sort of a part of the, 
the AI story of how should us humans interact with AIs and what should, you know, you're, you're picking what should the top ranking sort of elements in your search or something be? How do you pick that? How do you kind of choose the AI that you want to have, pick that and so on? And, uh, you know, there, there are ways to think about that at least. But there's, there's a lot that hasn't been figured out. And, and I would say it's a, you know, I think it's a really important area to, for yeah. people to think about, but it's, it's just not clear who, you know, is it the philosophers? Is it the, you know, is it the politicians? Is it, you know, where are the philosophers who the, you know, the framers of the U.S. Constitution, so to speak, were able to draw on to get ideas for what to say? That, that has been a thing that is somewhat missing in today's world, so far as I can tell. Yeah, you know, one of the things you uh, you just mentioned was this idea that, you know, trying to, try to stop AI from spreading, it's, it's kind of like standing against the tide, you know, or, or, or a tidal wave. It's just not going not gonna to be functional. Do we worry that, um, uh, that, that governments might overregulate in this domain and that we actually might constrain innovation in a way that's less productive for human society? Is that, is that something that we should be thinking about as governments look at this well, issue? Yes, but I mean, look, a lot of these pieces of, of regulation are very ham-fisted. I mean, they've ended up mm. being very ham-fisted. I mean, you see that with a bunch of privacy, you know, regulation and so on. It was, you know, oh, we were trying to constrain the big companies, but actually we missed and we kind of messed up the small companies and the big companies right. just got bigger type thing. You know, there's a, it, it's, it's difficult to do this in a way that doesn't, um, and, and I think, you know, most people, I think, feel that in the immediate time that regulation of AI would just benefit the current sort of incumbents, so to speak, and that that's right. not a. I mean, I mean, that seems to be a very, a very widely held view, um, right. and I think it's, I think it's correct actually, because I don't think it's, it's really, um, uh, and I, you know, I just can't imagine a, a realistic, practical way to have regulation that uh, that makes sense there. As I say, the main place where there is potential is sort of at the actuation layer of mm. what do you have the AI do. You know, do you make that decision to have the AI drive your car? Do you make the decision to have the AI, you know, figure out when to fire the, the, the weapon or something? You know, those are things where, you know, there's a, again, that, that's, a, again, a bit fuzzy because uh, in the case of, uh, you know, in the case of weapons, for example, you know, there's a lot of cleverness in weapons, so to speak, and a lot of things that happen, uh, you know, that, are, that go through a computer. Um, and the question of sort of how deep is the way is what happens inside the computer, that's a very tricky question to answer. And I, and I think, um, you know, you can, you can say, uh, you know, you can try and regulate by effects, so to speak. Uh, right. I, I suppose much like, you know, when we think about regulation laws about humans, you know, the, there, are, there aren't laws that say you can't think, well, in most places, there aren't laws that say you can't think that. There are only right. laws that say you can't do that. And that. Right. Right. I mean, and I think that's the same type of thing. You know, to constrain the thought of the AIs, I think, is hopeless. And I think that is something which will indeed, if, if somebody says the AIs can't think this, I mean, think of what that would, well, it has in, in, in history, that has been a thing that's happened or, or attempted to be done in, in human history, so to speak. Disastrously. Most people, yeah, most people think that was a bad idea. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that it's the same thing here. So you kind of have to, you know, you have to think about it at the level of what the AIs do. And that maybe is more promising because it gets into the very specific use cases of, you know, 
things about about controlling machines and recognizing faces and making certain kinds of decisions and so on. And that seems more amenable to sort of uh, uh, sort of the types of machinery that regulation provides than trying to regulate the thought of the AIs, which I think is 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 kind of a bad idea. That's a wrap on part two of our conversation. Thanks so much to Dr. Stephen Wolfram for being here and helping us understand what AI is, how it operates, and what the future might look like. Thanks also to Brooke Aga Khan and Angela Mangione from NSI and Claude Jennings for the help producing today's episode. Please make sure to join us next Wednesday, returning to our weekly Summer of AI series entitled Breaking Barriers, Understanding the AI Revolution. This is Fault Lines, the podcast that gets you smart fast on the policy debates shaking up America. Don't forget, we're up on YouTube, so check our smiling faces out there. And if you like what you heard or what you saw, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe and share with your friends so we can get more people into the Fault Lines crew. 